welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. I am your other host, Sletha. And today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 7, Bad Eggs. I'm sorry, I just... <laughs> I like the title. I like the way that you say that with sort of a tone of, like, surprise. Like, Bad Eggs, okay. <laughs> that is what it's called. We do these synopses and stuff, like, at the last minute. So, you know what? Sometimes the title surprises me. <laughs> um, it's, it's very serviceable, you know? It's like it's, I'm, <laughs> Talking about bad eggs, it's in the episode. Netflix synopsis, Terry and Kim issue a brutal challenge. While Chosen teaches the students a different kind of lesson, Johnny and Daniel demand answers from Crease. Wow, Netflix, go on, girl, give us nothing. <laughs> Just. I mean, it is one of those episodes that I feel like is. They're not even trying to like, ooh, is that a spoiler? It's like, no. We're just going to talk about this. And it honestly, it's a it's a bit of like a treading water episode in that like it's not the plot moves forward vastly. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give up the game right now, Nina. I kind of like this episode the second time around more than I did the first time because I feel like the first time I watched it, I was probably like, "Come on, get to the thing." But this time, I just appreciated that it's a lesson episode. Yeah, and we haven't had that in a while. Yeah. And we haven't had a like an unhinged chosen lesson. No, maybe ever. So like <laughs> that that's kinda welcome. Um so let's start with the very beginning where you have a montage, which I honestly thought might be like a previously on Cobra Kai thing, but no, it's an actual new montage about like all the ways that Cobra Kai is on the rise in the valley. And Do you like Amanda doing an ominous voiceover? Amanda does an ominous voiceover, which I do not like. I, I That should not be Amanda's role to do ominous voiceovers. Um, the big thing that we see is, I, I mean, I have to say, it's like Anthony like uh, refusing a Cobra Kai t-shirt like that somebody's handing out, and then Kenny and Kyler and some other assorted goons picking him up, bringing him into like a bathroom. They see a toilet that's like filled with shit, and like... Then you see the doors, like, ominously swing closed, you know, and where he's assumedly being swirlied. That, to me, was sort of, like, yeah, very so, real. Like, So, what was crazy about that montage is that it's kind of lighthearted. I, th- I thought initially they were, like, contrasting how serious Amanda and Johnny's voiceover was about them taking over the valley um, with, like, what are the stakes? And they show, like, penis breath, kind of, like, trying to partake in the swag, and then like, his friends looking annoyed at him. And I'm like, let him have some free shirts. Like, let mm-hmm. Peter's ha- breath enjoy his life. Um, and then when you get that end scene of, like, Anthony LaRusso being straight-up tortured in that, like, early 80s terrifying bully way, where I'm like, absolutely nothing that's happened to any other character on the show is as bad as that. Yeah. I'm going to just come out and say, yes. if that happened to me, I would have gone full Kenny, just there would be no pulling me back from the edge like and anthony like literally the next scene he's like fine it's crazy in that like i almost feel like anthony like you don't remember when he gets like bullied at the water park and sam is like why didn't you tell me about it and he's like i kind of deserved it i it's strange but i almost still get that vibe from him where he's like yeah the kids are calling me shithead and like sam Russo is maybe better than everyone else he might be and you know what sam says to him she says, she says, his sister, we're all dealing with Cobra Kai. Honestly, did the urge to shake Sam LaRusso... You just want to, like, look, buddy, I know that, like, a few years ago, like, Tori, like, fucked you up. I get it. Although you were at least, like, fighting back there. Like, this wasn't, like, seven on one, and they didn't dunk your head in a toilet. But, like, my God. I mean, I will, I will say this. Sometimes this show surprises me, like, with its portrayal, like, portrayal of bullying, and it's, like... 
like I I think of a few key things like you know the scene where like um, Hawk gets his mohawk shaved off or like um, just the, or there's breaks a, Dimitri's arm or breaks or when he breaks Dimitri's arm or like just these scenes that are like. They're really, like, sort of shocking, but they also seem really rooted in reality. Like, it goes, for me, it goes back to, like, when we were watching Karate Kid 1 or rewatching it. And you know that scene where Johnny and, like, the other Cobra Kais are, like, chasing Daniel on their bikes? And it's, like, legitimately scary. Like, yeah. that's, like, I feel like that's a real strength because it's, like, it, it actually just makes, like, yeah, no, this bullying thing, like, that we're, we're talking about weird, grandiose, like, international plans. But really kind of what it comes down to is, like, this kind of shittery. Yeah, but while while we continue to talk about why Sam is a terrible person, it's like, imagine if this was Tori's little brother who was getting, like, a swirly. She would have completely flipped out yep. and rightfully, like, beaten up his bullies. And all Sam could do can, is make it somehow about, about her. her. God damn it, Sam. She's amazing. I know. It's just... It's shocking. Oh, like, Anthony LaRusso... Buddy, I'm rooting for you. In season six, I hope he comes out on top because... Like, he had his brief moment in that gang of pathetic bullies who we don't really see, honestly. Yeah. Where are they now? I mean... DTT got bullied, probably, by the internet. Um, We were very (laughs) mean to him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That that kid got a lot of hate. (laughs) And we contributed to it. So, are we any better? Oh, God. I mean, Russo is the purest of us all. Just way to hold up a mirror to us. I know. Um... So anyway, I guess, so that's the Terry Silver takeover, where I have to say part of the, they show Cobra Kai, and they're giving out all the swag, and they're recruiting, but Terry Silver weirdly seems like out of it, like detached from the whole thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right, he's just kind of like watching like people on his like weird like secret cameras inside of his office, and... You know, he's already a master of the corporate world, Nina, with his, like, CEOing of Dynatalk. Yeah, Terry Silver is presumably getting everything he wants in this episode. He's he's wildly successful. Miyagi-Do is retreated in his service, but he doesn't seem happy. He's just in his weird, depopulated back office. Not even, like, doing the kind of things that Kreese did. Kreese seemed like he was having fun, he was looking at invoices... Just, Terry Silver has all the money in the world, and when he's not sort of half-assing teaching, he's outsourced most of the teaching to his, like, ringer senseis, and he's in the back, and he's got this, like, sad monitor. Where he likes to, like, watch everyone in every dojo. What are you doing, man? Yes, is this making you happy anymore? It's not what I wanted for him. Well, I will say that for, and maybe this is, like, yeah, no, I think this is, like, related to to the Terry Silver arc, because it's basically... The lesson that he is teaching the Cobra Kai is, is about leadership and, I guess, followership this week. And it is the first time I have ever seen, like, Terry Silver actually impart a real and almost meaningful karate lesson to someone. Really? Do you yes. feel like it's the first time? Because I feel like this is the first a time. A man can't see, a man can't fight was not a real That's lesson. A real lesson. That's a the... fuck with Daniel lesson. Okay? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so funny. Um. Anyway... And Terry Silver's also working out his demons, right? He it's is. like he's obviously talking about how he stabbed his best friend in the back well, and how he was tired of being a follower. I mean, to back up for whatever weirdo like listens to this pot listens to this podcast without actually having watched the show, like what the lesson here, uh, which is something that like uh Sensei Ironbraid what is her real name? They're calling her Kim. Fine. 
Iron Braid comes up with is, well, we need to separate the leaders from the followers because Cobra Kai needs leaders. I don't know why they need leaders. She is just interested in, in torturing some Yeah, kids. she just wants to beat up some kids. And the idea is that, like... The the girls will like will fight her two on one, her being the one, and they have to like work together, leader and follower and sync to defeat her. The boys will fight, I don't know, sensei other guy who wears a ring. Um Yeah. Yeah. So uh we get like the this the team up of Devin and uh Tori, which is Okay, I mean... Devin is so angsty and desperate for Tori's attention. Yeah, which is a little weird and Tori is like kind of like, hey man, like this is not a good place for you. She's like actually trying not to bond with Devin because she doesn't want Devin to stay in Cobra Kai, and they that just makes Devin want her more. I know, and then like they they do have like a nice thing where like you know they take on uh, Sensei Iron Braid. She defeats them handily because they have like a tough time working together. But then like when they try again later in the episode, they still lose, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. But like, so here's the thing, Nina. There's this moment like where. Um, you know, uh, Devin is taking a fall and, like, Sensei Iron Braid is, like, about to, like, come down on her and, like, Tori, like, physically blocks her in a very big sister move. And that's why they don't win. Like, if Tori had just sacrificed Devin, they could have scored the point. And, you know, like, if there's a nice moment where she's like, what kind of leader would I be if I did that? Sure, here's my only problem. This is a big, actually, it's a big thing that Tori's going from, like, the kind of hothead who, like, beats girls up with brass knuckles in high school to, like, the kind of person who would do this. But we just saw the exact same arc with, like, Robbie and Kenny. Right, right. Like, the too exact much, same thing. Too much better effect. And uh, here's the thing. They, once again, they don't really give us a reason why Devin wants this so badly. Every other teen, even Sam to some extent, um, gets a reason for why they're drawn to karate. Devin didn't start out being bullied or nothing she was just kind of like i need an extracurricular for college kind i mean of energy she yeah she she came in because like uh, johnny recruited her and was like i just found yeah, the most badass girl in the valley like and she just seemed to click with johnny she seemed like she actually had more personality like maybe like when we saw her in like previous seasons because she didn't have that many scenes she was just kind of like crazy was, aggro yeah, girl she was yeah she had a lot of aggression to work out yeah and now it's like what do you have to prove now you just see, really seem to want like there's a reason why Kenny really wanted a mentor. I don't know why Devin really wants a mentor. Like she doesn't have just had a quick line of exposition. Like she has a crush on Tori. Like people, teens do dumb things for people. This is true. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just a. It, it, but yeah. Like, why are you getting like volunteering your afternoons to get your ass kicked? What's going on? Right. Like, and you know, I mean, she just had that line in the previous episode where it's like, my mom, her dead mom, says that like the only way you lose is by quitting, and it's like, what? So you can't ever quit anything. What? But wasn't she already, like, part of a sport? I mean, she was in de- on the debate team. Well, why wasn't that enough? Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't understand God exactly. And I know they like, they love, obviously, this entire, like, series of movies and, and, and episodes and everything. is This universe is based on the mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah, and if this show really wanted to go there about the nefarious spread of karate, they could have had, like, a crease or a silver... Somehow manipulating the school board, like Rasputin style, and eliminating every other sport. Right. So it's karate or nothing. I know, right? If you want karate to take over the valley, yeah. you got to defeat like those evil things, yeah. like no academic more, academic no bowl and chess club and the lacrosse team. God, that's the that's the real enemy. But in the parallel boys uh, plot, 
we get the amazing team up of Kyler and Kenny. It's so fun. That's a mentorship that's worth rooting for. Yeah, this for. is maybe the most screen time Kyler has gotten in a while, and he uses it as always. So well. He uses every moment, every line. I wrote some of them out, some of them down. Like when he he's basically like pushing Kenny like forward to take all the hits, and he screams, "Protect your king! You're the tip of my spear!" Oh, I love that. I wrote oh. that down too. Oh, it's so good. Um. And then, like, this is when Terry actually imparts for the first time ever. No, I am not counting this those times when he was basically trying to, like, fuck over Daniel. He actually imparts some real wisdom based on real things. Where and he's he like... Kenny back to his completely empty... It's like a... Guys, if you've seen the episode, you know, it's a massive space. And there's a tiny desk with a monitor and surveillance cam. Just bananas. I, I don't know what he's doing. Anyway... Terry Silver gives Kenny a actually pretty good one-on-one mm-hmm. speech about how he shouldn't assume that he is the follower. Yeah, it's, he's like, and I never said that you were the follower. It's obvious Terry Silver can't stand Kyler either. I mean... <laughs> he thinks Kyler's a clown. Which, yeah, yeah. fair. Um, and then, like, yeah, I like, he's basically just like, look, I know that, like, you, your dad's a military man. You probably followed him. You followed your brother. You follow, followed Robbie. What... And then he's like, yeah, you're right. He doesn't like Kyler. And he's like, and now you're following Mr. Park. Which, yes, yeah, I get it. It's a step down from a lot of role models that the kid has had previously. And then he's like, and he finally, like, actually uses his, like, backstory to connect with a kid, which he's, like, never done before, which is just like, yeah, no, I was like you. I followed my father, my captain, my best friend. Oh, yes. he's talking about Crease. Yes, he's talking about Crease. Um... And we can get to the more, there's more Silver oh, Crease action in this episode. But, um, you know, he's basically just saying, like, look, I was a follower, too, till like, I finally followed my own instincts. And when Kenny asks, like, well, what do you want me to do? He actually has a really good response. I want you to stop asking me or anyone else that question. I was like, could Silver be a good teacher if he I wasn't so you. devoted to stupid shenanigans? I saw, we saw flashes of that when he was first getting the dojo up and running. He was doing his job. He was leading the classes. And remember, they opened really focusing on the Miyagi-Do exercise. But then when they cut to Cobra Kai, they're actually, like, punching and kicking and doing, you know, real exercise. Right. And Miyagi-Do is always doing something idiotic. Yes! They're running around protecting eggs. We'll get to that. But (laughs) come on, guys. It's not even a competition about where you could get maybe a more, uh, you know, an actual karate lesson. I mean, it used to be that way with Cobra Kai. Now it really does seem like, look, Terry Silver might be imparting a, le- a lesson about leaders and followers. Sensei Iron Braid just wants to beat up kids. Yeah, but... Which I mean, is legitimate. Okay, but... But while she's doing that, you are also getting the work out of a lifetime. I suppose you are, but, you know, hiding with those eggs... So speaking of the eggs... Should we get to it? Yeah. Let's so get in the eggs. The final thing is, like, Kenny does a legitimately impressive move where he, like uses Kyler's body like ricochet <laughs> as a launching pad and score a point against the ringer and you know Terry Silver looks very impressed and you know Kyler Kenny, meanwhile cries this shit is mutiny which oh man I give that kid this, a spin off I didn't know he even knew that word right but yeah Kyler just great great in every scene um and I think now we see kind of like extreme Kenny. Kenny 2.0. Really? Who is like Kenny's been pretty extreme for yeah, a pretty long time. Yeah, he's extreme, but he was a follower until just this moment. Now he's like I, you know, the last scene of the episode is really like all of the other whatever 
Cobra Kai cadets are like behind him, rooting for him. Mm-hmm. He's like ascended to kind of like a Miguel status or whatever. Yeah, he's because getting... he's been anointed by Terry Silver as like right. Terry Silver has like looked at him and actually said like that he sees more potential in him than like Diaz or or Hawk or. Uh, Do you think he Robbie. meant it? I don't know. He never really worked with Miguel or. This is true. I mean, I, I think that, like, like... he saw them at the All Valley, but... Again, like, we, we don't ever see much of, like, Silver beyond him just being a crazy psychopath for no good reason. So it is actually interesting to see him in a scene where, like, I think there might be a part of him that, like, maybe relates to Kenny a bit. Like, he might actually, like, look at Kenny, Kenny and see some of himself. wins, or, like... He finally won Silver's heart. I mean, we never get another scene like this ever again, so probably not, but like... Of all the kids in all the worlds, it's Kenny. Oh my god, it's like 30 seconds with Kenny, and then he's back to like, you know, laughing nefariously in a secret lair. No, that's the thing, though, Lotha. I don't think... I feel like that quintessential evil Terry Silver laughing to himself, that guy is gone. We haven't seen him in like You miss him, season. don't you? Yeah, and I, this is when we get to the whole... You just Cree want him to be on drugs all when, the time. No, when we get to the whole Cree Silver thing, I'll, I'll lay bare what I think I know what you think, but all right, fine. Fine, okay, so... So eggs. Eggs. Bad eggs. Okay, so Chosen is like, hey, I gotta come up with something to earn my keep. He's, looking, <laughs> he's got his, like, new gi who paid for that. Right. Yes. Um, so he is actually taking over training. Well, we'll get to it, but Johnny and, and, and Daniel are on a side right. mission. Right. Um, Chosen is so much fun. Like, Yeah, he does, he does bring like this like chaotic energy. Yeah, and it's kind of like I was saying about this in our last episode about Iron Braid, where it's like, I don't think that her tone matches this show. I don't think that she has a real role here. I don't think that she's a good fit. All of that said... She's having a lot of fun, and that's kind of infectious, and yeah. I feel the same way about Chosen. To, Every yeah. line read is golden. Right. It's like, I don't know why he's here, and he probably shouldn't be in this show, but you know what? I'm not mad at him. And I love that, you know, when he debuted, he like tells us the story about the endangered Okinawa rail egg, and then when he actually opens up the egg carton, naturally it's Trader Joe's, 399 eggs, and I feel like if it was Daniel leading this exercise... Daniel would have sprung for the endangered eggs. Yeah. You know, and it would have been totally pointless and moronic because, of course, he destroys... The first carton of eggs gets completely destroyed. But that's just the the kind of contrast between who Daniel is and who Chosen is. Yeah. Chosen's like, I'm doing whatever, and you're going... I'm doing whatever. That's Chosen's, like, <laughs> mantra. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm here for it. He, um... So, yeah, they have to protect their eggs from Chosen, who comes after them with, like, a variety of weapons. It's kind of fun, honestly. It's, like, maybe the most fun... Uh, like, I'm thinking of the other exercises, and I can't remember, like, wheel technique. Oh, God, wheel like, technique. Like, hiding your egg from Chosen. Fun and thrilling. Right, and, you know, you get to, like, you know, Dimitri builds a little egg protection device. That's immediately destroyed. Right, Robbie buries his underground. Penis breath has the right instincts and sits on his egg. Mm-hmm. And he only, it only doesn't work because, shit, Chris, I believe, like, climbs a tree with his egg, and, of course, Chosen just knocks Chris out of the tree so that he falls on penis breath. Oh, R.I.P. their eggs. And, like, the worst, though, are um, Nate and Bert, because they're just, like, on the they're on the damn wheel, like in the middle of the koi pond, just like spinning their eggs around. Like they're not even trying. They picked the worst possible. They're not even hiding. What I would have done 
And I guess I can ask you this. What would you have done to protect your egg? You know, I actually think that if Robbie had buried his egg underground in a like, if, if Chosen hadn't been watching him do it, like, I, you know, I think that's a pretty good what idea. What I would have done is I would have taken the egg underwater and buried it there. Oh. Yeah. So you have to really fucking try. I mean, Chosen does, like, dive into the koi pond just to, like, get the drop yeah. on Bert and Nate, so I think he'd find it. I think he scours that koi pond like every 20 what minutes. What else is he doing? What else is he doing? He's got nothing else planned for the day. I mean, and I like that the kids are actually like taking this quite seriously. Um, oh, God. It is kind of a bonding exercise. I think it's like a middle school assignment. Yes. And, oh, I, I have to bring this up. Ugh. So there's a little bit of like Sam and Miguel stuff. I have never been more angry at Dimitri and Hawk for... I don't know if they feel, yeah, we know why they're doing it. They're compelled by their writer's team that just can't leave well enough alone. Like, Miguel's just kind of, like, standing there. and he's they're just like, hang, He's just existing. And then within 12 seconds, you're two friends. So Sam's here. And I feel like they're like the guys in Greece who are just like, tell me more. Like, yeah, what exactly. is going on? Where I've told you, and I've maintained this for, like, two seasons now, that Miguel has checked out of high school. Mentally, he's a third-year medical student. Yeah, like, <laughs> he, he totally does, is. He is so above hiding an egg from some random... I, I wrote down in my notes, Miguel is, like, 40 years old in maturity at this point. And Hawk is just like, I need to do my bro bonding, and I guess... And this is how you do it. He's like, so you and Sam. And then, like, you know, they, like, they see Robbie walk in, and, like... Hawk's like, oh, oh, I see, like, Robbie's on our team, that asshole. And Miguel's like, oh, me and Robbie are cool now. And in fact, I think it helps that me and Sam aren't dating anymore. I'm like, you were so mature, it's ridiculous. Like, Yeah, and it's almost like, it's almost like the scene direction they gave him was like, pretend like the show is ending today, and he's like, this is not a thing, this is also not a conflict. You know, right. we're settling everything now. And the horrible thing is, there's still several episodes to go, and so Miguel is like, Oh, it's like Groundhog Day. He wakes up. He's like, I thought I'd already broken up with Sam. Right? What? Why am I asked? Maybe it's just Groundhog's Day for us. Because I was honestly like, he mentions like when they have like, they have a couple of different like awkward meet cute conversations in this episode. It's not a meet cute, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, he mentions to her like, so you're back in karate. I'm like, wait, Sam quit. Oh yeah, she quit karate for like the 90th time. I forgot about that. In order to rejoin for the 90th time. Um, so well, they've really been doing these beats for well, a long time. we talk time. about like couples that are dead on arrival. The fact that um, we talked about the divorce energy that Sam and Miguel have had for a while now. Maybe since season two. I know, since and, they met practically. Right, practically since they met. And... Actually, I feel like it, she has to end up with somebody. Honestly, her and Robbie have a much more relaxed, less tired, less dead energy yes. than her and Miguel. I agree. It's like, let Miguel go. Let him go to college. Let him escape. He does not want to talk about his high school relationship that lasted, what, maybe three months? Right. I mean, the thing is, it's like, you know, I I just feel like I... I, I but the last time I rooted for these two was like when they when they were, had their date in an arcade, like in season one, which which I was like, they have a nice relaxed chemistry there. They do not anymore. It's weird. It's tired. It's old. Um, I did sort of like that. Like, uh, there's if if there's a if you need like a B plot vibe in this episode, there's a couple of ones. But like, basically, Hawk is sort of like mad that like Robbie's in the dojo, and then. 
uh, Dimitri like says like the perfect thing, which is like, well, you're both ex assholes now. And I'd almost forgotten until, until that moment. Like, oh yeah, like pretty much everyone here, except I guess for Dimitri, has been a bully in Cobra Kai at one I point. I like that Robbie immediately apologizes and just like says the thing. Um, and I don't know. I've, I It seems like that's enough to clear the air. Because totally. Because everyone just needs to let it go. And also, yeah, and also it's like, it'd be one thing. Again, Dimitri is actually the character who has never been a member of Cobra Kai and, like, has never done something, like, terrible. Like, I think, you know, like, season one, Miguel was, like, the Cobra Kai bully who, like, beat on Robbie when he was injured. And, like, Robbie shaved Hawk's mohawk and also kind of paralyzed Miguel for a while. And, you know, Hawk broke Dimitri's arm and, like, basically, like, hate crime the dojo. And so it is kind of one of those things where I sort of like it in that, like, no one really has the moral high ground here, so just yeah. fucking move on. It's nice. I wonder if they're going to let Sam do something, like shank somebody. They never let Sam do anything except, that's like, go to her, like, isolation pod. and That's fine, but if she could only stay there. Anyway, Ooh. actually, going back to that Sam Miguel scene, we are luckily saved by Chosen, ambushing them, destroying their eggs. Thank God. Putting us out of our misery. Boom, romantic moment over. Yes. And then we're, ba- we're down to the second box of eggs. Uh, and Anthony also has, like, some nice things. Like, you know, when he's, like, talking to, like, Sam about basically being bullied like that by Kenny and actually taking it fairly well. Like, she does mention to him that, like, well, he knows nothing about karate because he, like, basically found creative ways to avoid his dad's stupid wax-on-wax-off lessons. Sam does say... You know, she sometimes has a glimmer of a sister moment. That he's good at, like, thinking his way out of situations. This is probably the most positive attention that Anthony's he, gotten in his entire life. Right? You know, like, how we, we watched the struggle between Johnny and um, Robbie for, like, seasons. And, yes, you know, I have always maintained doesn't love the kid that oh much. Oh, my God. But, you know what? We, we saw some catharsis. We saw their, like, bonding moments and... They had their arc. And now it's like they never really actually went there with Daniel, right? It's nope. like they teased a little like therapy, but it was played for jokes. The fact that they don't love their son. I know. Not just... <laughs> it's terrible. Him and Robbie actually have a ton in common, if you think about oh, it. Oh, totally. Because it's like his mom is like in Cabo, and then she's in rehab, and mm-hmm. then she has these rich grandparents. But, but she's somehow like... Robbie just never like spent time with them when he was homeless. Yeah. They have um, a lot to answer for, man. No, yeah. And you're right. Like, last season we did see, like, you know, Anthony got a plot. And, like, Daniel realized he was, like, failing to connect with them. And Daniel, like, kind of, like, did some of that tough love Cobra Kai parenting in order to just, like, reach through to him. But, you know, Daniel has not talked to Anthony, like, a single time, like, this season. Oh, yeah. But Anthony is, like, coming into his own. He's the one who, like, comes up with the plan where it's, like, you know... Did we're... you notice that... um when they were doing that round table, like after Daniel got beat up by Terry Silver. Anthony's not there. Anthony's not there. I know. His dad just got like beat up and nearly died. And Sam's there and his wife is there. And I don't know where Anthony is. Um, oh my God. Nobody we, told him, I'm guessing. We need, to do a, we need to check on that photo that's in the LaRusso's like, household and see if Anthony's been photoshopped. Right. I, I don't think Anthony's ever been in that photo. I mean, I admire the show. If that's, the, if that's what they're going with, that they don't love their son... They don't love their son. I mean, I have, like, totally, like, pushed back on you saying that Johnny doesn't love Robbie. I mean, probably he's not a great parent yeah, to Robbie. Yeah, like, what is love? <laughs> like, gaslighting the shit out of me. I know that love is not whatever the LaRussos feel for Anthony. And, you know, Anthony actually does 
prove his worth to the group by being the only one who was like, hey, maybe our eggs would have a better chance yeah, of not getting sh- crushed if we all stayed together. He showed maturity and growth and like a willingness to turn the other cheek after what is a really traumatic bullying incident. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, what more do you want from a kid? Right? And again, one thing about Anthony, it's sort of the same thing with Miguel and that I just really like these actors and yeah. I think they're good and that they do a lot with the material that they have. And, you know, so I'm always going to be like, oh, good for you, Anthony, getting a yeah. win. Uh, so, yes, they managed to, um, they managed to, as Chosen says, make the snake concede by all working together. It's pretty simple, but whatever, man. I like a good lesson. I like teamwork is the lesson. That is the lesson, right? Yeah, do you feel like the so Chosen kind of wraps it up with a bow and he says, you know, Miyagi-Do's an inch wide but a mile deep and, you know, Cobra Kai is a mile wide and an inch deep. And so I guess Miyagi-Do has the advantage. Do you feel like that actually works in real life? I don't exactly understand. Like, I, I think that like, makes for a good saying, but I was just like... Like, we're using the war metaphor. You have, uh, like, a spread-out group of highly trained soldiers that actually practice karate, and then you have, like, a bunch of kids, nine of them, if I correct <laughs> Who spent most afternoons hiding eggs from a crazy person? <laughs> I mean, I actually now that I'm thinking about it, it's like I guess what I, when he said that Cobra Kai is a mile wide but an inch deep, I honestly thought it might be a reference to the, the fact that they're a McDojo. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're like if you really take away all like the Terry Silver like shenanigans. The real contrast between Cobra Kai and Miyagi Do or Eagle Fang or what you call it is the contact. Oh god, I'm gonna like sound so old when I say this, but it's the contrast between Barnes and Nobles and like little independent bookshops, yeah, right? But if you think about it, I mean, apart from this, like honestly, Chosen did a good job as like a whatever substitute sensei. Substitute sensei. But if, when you think about when Daniel was in charge of Miyagi Do, who was getting one-on-one attention? Sometimes a Robbie, sometimes Sam. Yeah. End of list. Everyone else. Oh, and that one time that he had to, like, teach Dimitri against his will. Oh, man. As I said, I feel like they should have done more with that. Oh, but yeah, hey, that was fun. That right? was fun. But, yeah, you're right. Like, he has a certain he has handful. Favorites. And you know what? Actually, the same is true of Cobra Kai in that, like, it kind of feels like certain people, like, oh, Kenny gets, like, a one-on-one speech about rising as a leader. Do you think that, like, kid with, all those kids with no names ever get a speech like right. that? I mean, the advantage to a McDojo is that you know that the sensei doesn't give a shit about anybody. You're just getting these brutalist sort of sensei Kim exercises, at least you're getting in shape or something. Whereas the, the insidious part of a Miyagi-Do is that Mm-mm. you think you're part of a boutique dojo and you're going to get one-on-one attention. But, but only no. some people will, but you're wrong. Cobra Kai is exactly the same. Like, despite the fact that there should be cameras trained on everyone, we we get, like, special mentorship directed at Kenny, at directed at Tori. out, though. You know, even I mean, if you're not Guarding getting... an egg is a workout, if you think about it. Love and do not defend me. What is know. love, Nina? God I don't know. What is an egg, really? Don't but the manifestation me. of ourselves. Um, you can see yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> you brought this podcast to us. I did. Okay, off. okay. Transition, transition. Um, so meanwhile, uh, 
we should get to Johnny and Daniel's plot. Yes. Like, by the way, we start with like them at a car dealership. This is when Amanda has like the dramatic voiceover, and it's uh, chosen Daniel, Amanda, and Johnny at the car dealership in a back room, like in a war room, essentially, like talking about like the takeover of the valley, and like they've got a map with little black flags representing Cobra Kai dojos. It's fun. It's fun. I especially liked in this. Really, like, just seemed like a callback to, like, they did this shit all the time in season one, and I always enjoyed it when, like, somebody comes in and asks, like, if anybody works there and can sell them a car. <laughs> like, yeah, man. And then, naturally, Daniel dispatches Amanda <laughs> to take care of it. Because he's got war planning to do. But Amanda, who, oh, God, is now all in on this stupid, stupid war against uh, Cobra Kai, is the one who suggests, like... You know. By I, the way, do they comment at all the fact that their young son was just brutalized at high school? Remember? No, like, not at the all. The path that Amanda went on when when Sam was attacked at high school. Nothing. Yep. Nothing for Anthony. They just give less than a shit. Yeah, we're um, gonna get justice for Anthony trending again, right? This episode, just man, Anthony, you deserve better than this. You deserve better than this. Um, and yeah, so they like. They get the idea from Amanda to go talk to Crease and see if Crease knows what Terry Silver's master plan is. And so we get like Johnny and Daniel visiting Crease in prison. And they're like, I wonder if like prison has softened him and like, you know, put him in his place. And then it opens to Jello Cub Bully being extra solicitous. And it's like, you would think you would be able to offer something other than Jello Cups. But what does Crease do? He's like, I run this joint. Do you want a jello cup? Right. <laughs> well, I thought that was actually kind of a, uh, a weirdly sweet moment because it's like, Chris is kind of happy to see Johnny. He wants to talk to Johnny. Yeah. He's like, why'd you bring him? Daniel's the third wheel. And like, again, I feel like this is totally retconned the idea that like, Crease like really like loved Johnny as a son, but I, I do like that at least since they decided that that was the case last season, we're we're at least seeing that again. Where it's like he wants to talk to Johnny, he wants Johnny to like see that he's a big man and can get him a Jello cup if he wants to. But like, yeah, yeah, it's true, and I think it's it's effective because we have seen several flashbacks of a young Crease, and young Crease. First of all, terrific actor. Oh, so good. But, like, every time he's on screen, you're like, oh, he feels like a 3D character, well fleshed out. What happened to him along his long journey to becoming, like... One of the worst actors of all... Sorry. (laughs) That is way harsh. First of all, he doesn't even have his lip fillers, okay? He would have been... That's true. That was, like, half of the appeal. He didn't even know what he was counting. I know. Oh my god. He's been robbed of one of the biggest tools in his toolkit. He should have Jello Bully get him some lip filler. That's right. Jello Bully, prove your worth. But it is like a nice little moment in that, like, he's still kind of like, everything I did is for you. Johnny, unlike previous seasons, again, nice to see growth. He's just like, nope, sorry. I don't want your Jello cup. I don't want anything to do with you. Um, and by the way, this is Daniel has left them alone because in exchange for Crease's intel about whatever the hell Terry Silver's doing, Daniel's like, I can get you a good lawyer for your appeal, which is like, you know, I mean, I hate to like sound so surprised, but yeah, that's smart. That's like a smart thing to offer this dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, when Daniel comes back, that's when like, that's he's got a number in his hand. Um, he'll give it to Silver, uh, sorry, he'll give it to Crease, but only if Crease tells them, like, what Silver's really up to. And here's the big reveal. Um, well, there's two things I want to talk about. First is the actual reveal, which is that the thing that he's up to is that 
he's always wanted to enter the Cobra Kai Dojo into this big international karate tournament. Biggest karate tournament in the world. No one in the U.S. has heard of it. I guess it's like soccer or something. Yeah. Um, and as master plans go, I mean, I felt... The first time we watched this, I'm like, wait. Okay, so your master plan was to build a dojo franchise and, and Make then... Make the Super Bowl of karate. Like... Would why would you guys be? What, what does that even mean? Isn't it already the Super Bowl of karate? Except like not in America because Americans don't care about His karate. Dreams are bigger than the valley. Well, I'm trying to understand this, like, because it's like he has conquered the valley with karate, and then everybody's like, oh no, now he's going to take it international. But like, shouldn't you take it national first? No, he's like because he, he doesn't want to like make it big in Akron, Ohio. He's like, it's the valley and then the world, right? It, it's one of those things where I found, like, so underwhelming. And, like, also, like, when he says, I'll make it to the Super Bowl of karate, it's like, you mean you're going to make karate more popular in America? Is that your master Honestly, plan? Watching... What is your master plan? Yeah. After all the buildup with making Terry Silver taking his mysterious pills back on the cocaine, and this is, like, his dreams are too budget. Okay? Yes. It's like, dream bigger, man. Right. Or it's like, you know what? I think, like, having a really crazy chain of dojos in the valley is pretty good if this is your capitalist master plan if we're are we okay wait let's just finish up this. well i mean when i say that that is the uh like that like that's part of what happens the other revelation is that instead of just like crease telling us this we get a lovely flashback to korea like when after, at some point, like, uh, Terry and, and Kreese have started, like, the Cobra Kai Dojo, um, S- Terry Silver funds a trip to Korea for them to, like, you know, study under the master who, like, invented their style of karate. And it's kind of an, an awesome flashback with I many revelations it. beyond the stupid tournament thing. Yeah, we see Terry Silver kind of, like, it's so revealing to, to me that he... Ultimately, it's just like uh, he wants to be in the boardroom and he wants to put the war behind him. But the thing that he cares about most is his friendship with Kreese. And everything he does is to try to impress his best friend. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, I found out about this cool tournament. I'm going to fund your dojo. Like, he's trying to make Oh, Kreese I should happy. mention, I think it's very important. Uh, I guess, like, they, uh, Kreese was renting the space in the valley for the Cobra Kai dojo. Terry Silver buys it for him. He buys it for him. Is that him. not love? That's love. And I'm, I'm going to just say, it is, and it is one of those things where, like, he does, um, that's when he brings up, like, oh, the Sensei Tekai tournament, it'd be great. And Kreese is just like, eh, I mean, I see Kreese's point. He's like, we just started this dojo. I want to focus on my students yeah, for a while. See, Kreese has always been QuickBooks Kreese. He doesn't see the, the revenue generation happening for several years out. Right. And he also, like, you see him, like, mention, like, oh, we got this new kid. He even has the same name as me, and like he's got and you real can potential. Just see Terry Silver's face fall, and then you realize, oh, Johnny displays Terry Silver increases affections. Right. That was the. Key that was turn. why he needed to like get beaten the crap out of like last and year, that right? Entire the the you know the whole Karate Kid three thing, all of that was just Terry Silver realizing like going back to somebody that's just not into you, right? And I will say that like. Especially young Kreese, you're right. He is a great actor. He's a goddamn delight. He he has very few lines in this entire show, but like 
he really brings depth to a character that honestly probably doesn't have as much depth as like yeah, this guy he's is like, giving him. Look, we went to war and we were buddies and I saved your life. And but... like I still consider you my best friend. But like I'm really I mean you can actually just kind of see in his eyes. Like he has affection for his like new student and like he's like he he's excited about teaching. Um and you obviously Terry Silver, it was never about teaching for him. He just wanted to like hang around uh Crease. And he says even like you know, when Kreese shoots down the tournament idea, he's just like, I'll follow your lead, and which also, like... And, might I add, all of this shit that he's done this season, bringing in the International Ringers, taking over the dojo, making it into a McDojo, is a way to hurt Kreese. Yes. Just like putting him in jail. It's like, I hope word does get back to his old friend, because... That's who he's doing it for. Yes, because it's like none of this shit seems it's like so tragic. It is quite tragic. Oh, I also should mention that Iron Braid is in this flashback as a little girl, uh, like just like hiding behind a pot. That, we didn't need that. Yeah. yeah, but I'm gonna guess what your big theory is, which is that like this is really a romance, right? Like gone awry. It's always been a. Romance. It's always been a romance, and 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 even in prison, like Crease is just like. I don't feel like he has any tender feelings towards Silver. No, he's not thinking about Silver. Because he was over it as far back as 1980. And if he wasn't completely broke, you know, Terry, it's like, it's nice to have a, quote, best friend that's been bankrolling you. But remember, like, he was wandering around Panama. He was like... He had, like, a whole stretch of time where he was basically homeless and, like... Yeah, and he wasn't doing anything. And he wasn't hanging out with Terry Silver that much Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, like, when he reunites with Terry Silver, like, you know, like, Silver's like, what? Oh, my God. Like, I kicked you out of my life. But, like, I honestly feel like Kreese didn't really, like, care to yeah, stay in Terry it that Silver much. Yeah, Terry Silver cut him out of his life in that way that, you know, you can't talk to the ex that burned you, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's more, I, I definitely have gotten the feeling, especially in the previous episode where Kreese has his, like, psych, uh, his therapy session where he sees people from his past and, like, present and they and they're talking to him does he see silver i think he does oh he sees old silver he doesn't see young silver right and old silver at this point is just the guy who put him in prison whereas young silver was like his that's a very good i wonder if the show creators intentionally like left young silver out i wonder if that was like uh or perhaps we are Thinking about this more than any human beings ever have. (laughs) Maybe. Listeners, write to us. I think that's a very... If they did do it intentionally, it's perfect, right? It's like they have stamped out the the fond memories you had of someone. And now you just get his, like, bitter, angry... And honestly, like, this whole thing would probably work better if, like... What we're what we're doing, which is ridiculous, and reading tons of subtext into something, like, I guarantee, like, nobody's really thought about, like, more than a minute. But... Silver's motivations make no sense this season or last season or one might say ever. They make more sense if you kind of think about it as him just like it's all wrapped up in crease. And I wish they'd just be more explicit about that, honestly. I remember you once told me the most pain, like so much pain comes out of human interactions when one person wants more of X feeling than the other. Yeah. Lack of reciprocity between two people. Like even Devin and Tori. Tori's like... I'm just trying to get to community college and, like, you know, figure out this thing out of loyalty to Crease. And Devin's like, I want a mentor. Why does everybody... Okay, you know what's driving me a little nuts about the Devin Tory thing? I realized it now. I understand that this show is built on, like, mentor-mentee relationships. Not every relationship two human beings have is a mentor-mentee relationship. And did you notice that they just kind of dropped the Amanda Tory thing? They totally did, yeah. yeah. Like, when they decided that we were going to have Pod Amanda, 
who I guess is just now 100% Team Daniel, no subtle flirtation. It wouldn't have been great if she was visiting Crease in prison. Oh my god, stop trying to make this family happen. It could still. It could still, there's a whole other Someone needs to help Crease get back on his feet when he's out in jail. (laughs) Spoiler Uh, alert. I know, Um, well let's talk about the reveal with the fake lawyer number. uh, Yes. Daniel channels his scummy, like back in season one when he like tries to buy out the strip mall and like Oh, oh, you don't approve of this. No, I thought it was very hurtful. Oh my god. Oh wow, this is a huge disagreement for us. I was so proud of Daniel, and I feel like Johnny was too, in a way that, like, that was like them connecting on a level, like Johnny and Daniel, like, because I don't think Johnny knew that Daniel was going to do this, you know, Um, but he gives him the number, and he opens it up, and the, the little, like, piece of paper says, no mercy, motherfucker. You thought it was hurtful? I mean... Crease is a hurtful guy. Sometimes Crease deserves it. Crease basically set Daniel up to get, like, hospitalized by Silver. He said he didn't mean that. Oh, my God. You are such a Crease apologist. It is just... (laughs) He said it was consolation prize. Which, I'm sorry, but that whole scene... I mean, we were hoping that getting your ass kicked by Silver would have been a catalyst for some... And remember, that happened. After he got out of the hospital, he was like... What have I done? I've been obsessing over this karate war. I've alienated my family. It was good to get his ass kicked once in a while. It's not his... It's almost not Daniel's fault where we were like on the precipice of a realization. And then everybody who's responsible for interventions like, no, no, you're right. You were right all along. Right. I mean, yes, I see. I agree with you. I've always thought that they never really commit to giving Daniel an arc. But I feel like this was like... I think this was a good step for Daniel where it's like, you know, like, you're always trying to be, like, the good guy. Even when you're not really, like, being a good guy. This was just Daniel being straight up, like, page out of Cobra Kai book, page out of Johnny's book. And I liked it. Because you know what? Crease is an awful person who has done awful things to both of these people. Especially, maybe I liked it so much because I was thinking to myself, like, watching this whole, like, Johnny Crease interaction... Silver has always been Daniel's personal enemy. Like, Dan, like Daniel, like, looks at Terry Silver and, like, remembers and has these flashbacks to this dude who, like, gaslit him when he was, like, a teenager and, you know, basically ruined his life, etc. But Daniel does not have that many personal feelings towards Crease. Well, Whereas Kreese, he put out that cigarette in bonsai. Well, yeah, yes, I know, which is just exactly on the level of, uh, of Terry Silver basically, like, warping his mind for a year or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, see, but Crease is Johnny's, like, enemy. Like, Crease is, like, the person who, like, basically choked Johnny out after he won a second-place trophy. And I, I hadn't thought about this before, but it's, like, it's a different relationship for each of them. So the fact that, like, Johnny, like, gave him the no-mercy motherfucker thing, or, sorry, that Daniel gave it to him, makes me think that that was sort of him, like, sticking up for Johnny. Because Johnny was the one, like, when Daniel was like, I'll get you a lawyer, Johnny was, like, sort of outraged. And it's like, really, you're going to get this fucker out of prison? So I felt like that was, like, a sign of friendship. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good for the Daniel and Johnny uh, relationship. And I think what the show is trying to do is saying they're more... They're both sort of meeting in the middle. Yeah, for... they're meeting in the middle, exactly. It's like this moment where you wouldn't have expected season one uh, Daniel to like write a swear on a piece of paper, That's but true. here he is. Yeah, and I think was it last season where we talked about how 
they had the energy of angry divorced exes and yeah so, now yeah. they're like exes who are reconciled and that's nice yeah i wish so i mean i honestly feel like that was the show's central relationship in some ways it well we initially said it was johnny and miguel but honestly we haven't seen much many scenes of them together yeah i don't know what's going on after the whole mexico thing i think that and i don't even mind this that much because like Johnny and Miguel had, like, an arc, and I almost think, like, with the whole, like, uh, like last season, the arc, like, went a little too far, as in, like, it's reached its natural, like, stopping place. And, like, now it's, like, it's really reached this place where it's, like, his arcs with Robbie and Miguel are, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but they're kind of over. Like, he can't go any further with either of, like, these arcs. Like, he's in a good place with both of them. The only thing that can happen at this point is an artificial conflict between him and Miguel. Oh, I've got the conflict. Okay. Um, turns out that Robbie... No, let's see. Um, both Robbie and Miguel are in a terrible accident, and they need a blood transfusion. And Johnny only has enough blood for one. <laughs> yes! Yes! yes. Okay. A choice! <laughs> You're right. Yes, so that is the only other place this whole thing can go, and... Am I here for... Yeah, I'm kind of excited for that. Bring it on. <laughs> Those are some stakes. Mm-hmm. And then Chosen shows up to do something wacky. And Anthony also needs a blood test. <laughs> They're all in a horrible... But trip. people forget about him. And yeah, exactly. And he dies quietly he in the corner. He in the car. Yeah, he dies in the car. Yeah. Oh, man. That's bleak. Um, uh, any other... Stray thoughts? Stray thoughts. I think we've picked this episode to the bone, honestly. Yeah. I love when Kreese says he doesn't want one of Daniel's greasy cousins. <laughs> <laughs> a little... Mildly anti-Italian uh, A little there. mild yeah. anti-Italian racism. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rating. You know, on rewatch, I enjoyed this episode more than I remember enjoying it, like, the first time. I'm actually going to, like, give it an unprecedented four out of five no-mercy-motherfucker notes. <laughs> Okay, um, I'm going to give it uh, 3.5 out of 5 Extreme Kenny 2.0. (laughs) And as always, listeners, strike first, strike hard, no no mercy. mercy.